our children who are conceived and born in sin are subject and, and are subject to the misery that sin brings, even the condemnation of God are sanctified in Christ and so as members of His church ought to be baptized. Do you acknowledge that the teaching of the Old and New Testaments summarized in the articles of the Christian faith and taught in this Christian church to be the true and complete doctrine of salvation? And third, do you sincerely promise to do all that you can to teach this child and have her taught this doctrine of salvation? Ross and Alexis Vandernord, what do you answer? I ask you to come forward then as we administer the sign and seal and ask the elder to come forward as well. Been thinking a lot about water this week. Our daughter lives in Orlando, Florida. If any of you have been watching the news, you know Hurricane Ian passed through there this week. She's on the second floor, so she's okay. But it was a lot of water. The flood surge, I think, in Fort Myers on the coast was 15 feet. I talked to Bill DeBoer yesterday, and we said it's probably about the middle of that door. Not this door, that door. That's 15 feet, storm surge. We think about the flood, as we're going to talk about it this morning, and we think about that judgment that God brought upon the earth, how even the mountains were covered to over 20 feet deep, even Mount Everest and all the rest. And we're struck by the powerful force of water. But in that same symbol, in that same element, God uses the water to speak of blessing, of washing, of cleansing. So this morning, we administer that Baptism, that, that covenant sign and seal to Della Jolene. Confident that God is faithful to his promises to call a people out to faith, to extend promise to them and to their children. To that end, we want to baptize Della Jolene. I'd ask you to come forward. Deacon, you can come a little closer too. Della Jolene, Vandenord, I baptize you in the name of the Father. Name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And to you, the congregation, to you, the people of the Lord, promise to receive this child in love, to pray for her, to help care for her instruction in the faith, and to encourage and sustain her in the fellowship of believers. What do you answer? May God keep us faithful to our vows. We're going to sing together, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. This is a song that uh, Ross and Alexis requested. It is a wonderful song as we think about our prayer to God, that he would lead us to reflect upon his covenant mercies, that we would sing his praises. Let's sing number 429, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
Let us unite our hearts together in time of congregational prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, you who bestow such wondrous blessings and mercy upon us, tune our hearts to sing your praise, to sing your grace, for streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. We thank you for your covenant, all the mercies you show to us, your people, the grace that you extend to us, to us and our children. What a joy to see your sign and seal placed on another covenant child, Della Jolene, this morning. We pray for her. We pray for her parents and for her siblings, that they would look to you, that they would seek your face and your help to live in light of the word that you set before us. That way of life, turning from sin, saying no to ungodliness, and living in all righteousness of life. And when we sin, Lord, we pray that you would lead us to confess our sins, to look with all the more fondness upon Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has covered all our sins with his precious blood. We pray that your Loved Son would always govern this child by your Holy Spirit. May she be nurtured in the Christian faith and in all godliness. Grow and develop in the Lord Jesus. We pray that you would guide her. Help her to see your fatherly goodness and mercy, which you've shown to her and to us all. May she live in all righteousness under under your Son, our only true Lord, our Teacher, our King, our High Priest, Jesus Christ. Give her the courage to fight against and overcome sin and the devil and his whole dominion. May she forever praise and magnify you and your Son together with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we see in this sign this morning of water a beautiful picture We've also seen the destructive power of water this week and the hurricane that has come through Florida, crossed over and then gone up the Atlantic coast. Pray for those who have lost loved ones in the hurricane, for those who have lost a place to live. Lord, we pray for Trinity URC, Cape Coral, Florida, which has come through the hurricane For the many other churches there, Lord, grant them an awareness of the brevity of life, the strength of these storms. May it lead them and others who are not yet in saving relationship with you to to look to you, to find in you hope and confidence, a firm foundation. We pray for the recovery and for the rescue there in Florida and all along the Atlantic coast. Lord, we, we thank you that we have a peace that passes all understanding in the storms. That you, Lord Jesus, when the storm came upon the sea, stood up and said in, in a word, peace, be still. We know that you are the Lord of the storms, that you are Savior of people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And we find comfort in that truth this morning. We pray for those who are grieving over passing of loved ones into glory, those who have had funeral services this past week. Lord, be near to them and comfort them. We think of those who deal with chronic illness and pain. We we pray, O Lord, that you would comfort them, sustain them, that they would look to you and find in you God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And may they find a peace in that then and look forward even all the more to that coming day when they will be delivered from their pains and their suffering. Lord, we pray for the Baltimore family and the diagnosis of, a, of type 1 diabetes for trip this week. We pray for them as they come to navigate that new normal and what that would mean for him, what that's going to mean for him and for them. 
Lord, grant them, grant them confidence that you are with them in this, that you lead and guide and direct, that in this you show yourself faithful even as you do in every other area of life. We thank you for healing mercies through surgery. We thank you that Cindy has come through surgery and is recovering well. We thank you for opportunities to be gathered together in fellowship, to be strengthened. We thank you for the opportunities coming up this week, and we ask your blessing upon them. We pray for your blessing upon the consistory meeting that happens this week. Lord, grant them in wisdom as they go over the synodical agenda and as they give leadership to this church. Grant them wisdom and understanding. Lord, we pray for your church around the world. Today we pray for Reverend Kuskin in Izmir, Turkey. We ask, O Lord, that you would be with him as he ministers in that city. We pray for his daughter. She attends school there. She would learn and grow. Pray for their family as they have been spiritually and physically challenged as of late. Grant them patience as they wait upon your will for their new home. Pray for the church in Izmir, one of those cities that is mentioned in Revelation where the church is yet existing. Pray for that congregation, that they would be receptive to his preaching and be encouraged, uh, be encouraged by it. Pray for the growth in that church too, whether there might be by word of mouth, by faithful witness, testimony to the peace that comes from the gospel that is preached from there. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to sow the seed of the gospel there, that there would be a flourishing, that there would be much fruit. Father, as we have gathered here today, we pray that you would help us to hear your word, to rejoice in your faithfulness, in your goodness, in your deliverance that we would marvel at the grace and mercy that you show to us as we have seen it already, as we experience it daily. Lead us, O Lord, to count our many blessings. Tune our hearts to sing your praise. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Number 426 is a song that we sing. How vast the benefits divine which we in Christ possess. We are redeemed from sin and shame and called to holiness. Tis not for works that we have done, these all to him we owe. But he of his electing love, salvation doth bestow. We're going to stand to sing the three stanzas, number 426.
We come in our study through the book of Genesis to Genesis chapter 8. I invite you to turn in God's word to Genesis chapter 8 this morning. We saw the account of the flood. Previous Lord's Day and here in chapter 8 we see a flood water subsiding. Genesis chapter 8, we have a count of God's judgment upon the wickedness that was upon the earth. And here we see God's covenant mercies, his reminder to us that he is gracious and merciful through one, even the Lord Jesus Christ. We see his Covenant mercies to a man and to his family, to his offspring as well. I'm be beginning to read God's Word, the first verse of chapter 8, and reading through the end of the chapter. The waters had prevailed on the earth 150 days, and then we read God's Word. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground, but the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. And God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. This is the word of God. May he add his blessing to the reading and proclamation of it this morning. Dear congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I said, our daughter has just experienced Hurricane Ian. I texted her after the storm and I said, I hope you have your high top galoshes in the closet. And she said, I'm not going out there. And immediately I thought about Noah, because I was working on that sermon. The Lord told Noah that he was going to send a flood to wipe out every living thing. And he told Noah to build an ark that he he and his family would be spared. And he sat in that ark for over a year. I don't like to wait, and I know... There are some here who don't like to wait. I was talking with a member of the congregation recently, and they said, oh, I won't go to a restaurant if there's a, if there's a line. I'll find another place. Well, 
reading an email from the URC pastor in Cape Coral, he wrote in that email this week that this hurricane was like none he'd ever been through before. He'd been through, I think, three or four others, and he said this one just went on and on and on, hour after hour, the winds blowing there in Cape Coral, just near Fort Myers. And you can just imagine <coughs> what was going through his mind. When will, it be, when will it stop? We have wind here too, but it went on and on. Things were flying around and screens were ripped out of the porch windows and how violent it must have been. And here we read of Noah and his family and the ark for months, even a year. All flesh died. Every living thing was blotted out from the earth, it says in chapter 7, verses 21 and 23. I was reminded, we are reminded of the beginning of the world before God separated dry land from the seas, the chaos that was there, the description of it there in the opening chapters of Genesis. The Spirit was hovering over the waters. Well, the Lord inspired Moses to write this Account of the flood, and in it we see the recreating power of God. God made a wind, that same word for spirit there, it says in, in verse, uh, verse 1, to blow over the earth, to push back the water so that Noah and his offspring might have a place to live. It reminds us too of when the spirit was, or when the wind blew so that the people of God could go through the Red Sea on dry ground, how the Lord made a way through this potential judgment, this fearful water. This is the word that's used there as well in Exodus 14. The Lord opened the way for the Israelites to pass through the Red Sea to enter the promised land. It's God who preserves his people. It's he who makes a way. His ever-present power provides peace. Well, that's what we read there in verse 1. In verse 1 it says, God remembered Noah. Children, this doesn't mean that God forgets, that he somehow lost track of Noah in the storm. In fact, it prepares us for what he's about to do. His remembering is that of a covenant that he had made with them, and he was reminded, or he was taking to mind, again, using our terms, his promise to Noah, how it was going to be realized He had previously stated that in verse 18 of chapter 6, that he was establishing a covenant with Noah and his family. It's God's electing love that sets apart Noah from the world and God's covenant mercies which preserve him through the flood and prepare the world once again for man's flourishing. Those words must be treasured by us, dear people of God. God remembered Noah. God remembers us for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ that we might not perish for the sins that we we commit, that we have in our hearts. There's goodness in those words. When all seemed lost to Noah, God was still aware of him and moving toward him. When the hurricane hits and destroys, it's not surprising to hear people say there's nothing left. All is lost. There's there's really, there's nothing, there's no pieces to pick up. They're They're in the Next county. And, we, and we, sometimes we have a storm like that in life and we, or, a, or a difficulty in life. We think there's nothing left. There's nothing for us to even, even pick up. And then those words come to mind, but God, but God remembered. God held to his covenant. Imagine being tossed about in the ark for months with nothing to see. Sometimes life is stormy and we think God's forgotten us, but here we have a word that reminds us that God is always aware of his people and their needs. The word is covenant. The word that he gives is promise. When tests and trials come, we're not alone. God is ever-present and he is for us in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's sealed us for himself. I have established my covenant with you you and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives with you, with your family. Think about that when life is troubling to you. God says, I have established covenant with you, with you and your family and the believing community. 
Think of what David went through as he was being chased by King Saul. Though he had a promise that he was going to ascend to the throne, he had times where he wondered if his life was going to be snuffed out. In Psalm 56, he says something that is very helpful to us in such times. He says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God does not forget. He remembers. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. The saints of God remember that he will bring them through for he has made covenant and sealed it with the blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. The judgment upon the earth is a warning to the world of judgment against sin and there's only one way to be saved from it, and that is to be trusting in God and His provision. Noah was floating over the judgment. He was alive because he trusted God. And God's means of deliverance. He obeyed the Lord and was spared from perishing. This is this was a true time of testing. He had limited food. He was only going to have food for so long upon that ark. The water rises and we think, well, is it ever going to recede? And God says, it will. But are there times in your life where you think, I don't think this is ever going to end. I don't don't think there, I don't see an end to this. I'm stuck. The Lord says, no, I, I remember you. I will keep you. I will sustain you. And here we have an example of that in, in something that is, is worldwide, that is global in its scope. And God says, no, I remember, and I will keep. That's the walk of faith. We can only walk through the strong storms of life by faith. They seem able to wipe out life and threaten to to steal away our hope. But then we remember that God has made covenant with us and our children. We're given a picture of that in baptism. Della didn't make it to hear about my comments on baptism, but maybe you can teach her. We're given a picture of God's covenant in the sacrament of baptism. God makes covenant with us and our children. In faith and obedience, we bring our children to receive that sign and seal of of the covenant. The water speaks of cleansing. It also speaks of judgment. We trust that God will faithfully deliver us and our offspring from judgment through His Son. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Scriptures say. Yet, faith in Christ, we are delivered. In the storm, Noah had resources. We could say, I was going to say he had no resources. Well, he had resources. We could argue we had those animals in the ark. He could have lived for a while. But they were limited resources. There was going to come an end if the water remained. But he looks and he finds in God his certain deliverance. He had to trust God that he would keep him and bring him through. So it is for us. We trust that God will bring us through. That he will keep us. We are to live by obedience. By faith and obedience to his commands. Submitting to the ordinary means of grace that he gives to us. That preaching of the word. That administration of the sacraments. Reminding us that he is for us. That he will keep us. No matter what happens. What was the focus of Noah's trust? It was God's faithfulness. God had preserved him in this world of wickedness, keeping him from being swallowed up by evil, and he promised to bring him through all the way. As the psalmist says, when my enemies surround me, O Lord, you will protect me. You will be a shield about me, a refuge and a strength for me, a help in time of trouble. Is that your testimony? It's reaffirmed here this morning. It will be reaffirmed again tonight. God is for us in Christ. Sustaining us. This was Jesus' confidence. Though his enemies, those of his enemies surrounded him and, and 
He knew that he was in dire distress if the Father had made covenant to rescue him, to deliver him. Therefore, he entrusted himself to the Father. Those around him brought false charges against him. He succumbed to the judgment of man. But he knew his Father would judge justly. His perfect righteousness covered covers our sins and seals us for redemption. That is our confidence. Well, as the storm rages, Noah entrusts himself to God who has made, made covenant with him. He trusted in the promise that he had been made, that had been made to Adam, that a deliverer would come, one who would deliver from sin. The world would be renewed. Can God make a way for us in this wicked world? Yes, he can. And he does. And he renews that commitment, that covenant. He shows that covenant again every Lord's Day as we come. He reminds us daily in His Word, by His Spirit, that we are His, that He is for us. He is not done with His redemptive work, saving people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. I am... I am always encouraged when I hear from that church in Izmir, Turkey. That's one of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. I forget, I think it was Smyrna, but I could be wrong about that. There's a church there. One of my classmates from seminary is pastoring there along with, uh, with the pastor we prayed for this morning. One of the seven churches, God has been faithful to them. What a wonderful testimony of God's goodness, of keeping His saints, building His church. When we look out on our present age, we are tempted to think that all is lost, but faith takes hold of God's promises. We say with the psalmist, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, we will not fear, for God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46. The world that we knew seems to be drowned in the waters of wickedness, but God promises to preserve us and keeping us keeping with His covenant promises sealed through Christ's death, weaning us from the things of the world that we love so much that we care for too much, leading us to focus on Him, He who was our life. Because of His covenant, the waters of baptism are looked upon as, by believers as waters of cleansing. We trust that God will be faithful to us and to our children and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Promises to do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has not set aside His justice. He has satisfied that justice by pouring out His wrath upon His Son that we might be delivered. We do not presume, however, upon His promises. We recognize that He calls us out to live faithfully on earth as he called Noah out of the ark. You see there, after that long time of testing, the Lord called Noah out of the ark. Verse 15, then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you, and bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh. God's call to his people is to come out of wickedness and to live in light of the truth in keeping with his word. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where he says, We are not to live comfortably with the wicked. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? What portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will make my dwelling among them and will walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. The Lord's not calling us out of the world. He says that through Paul in 1 Corinthians. But he's calling us out of immorality. He's calling us to holiness of life. We are not to endorse immorality, to go along with the crowd, to compromise. Not to compromise in the church. We're not to celebrate those self-proclaimed liberties that man takes to himself and says, oh no, we can do this. The law says so. Remember your identity people of God. 
Young people, remember your identity, the sign and the seal that's placed upon you. It is the sign and seal of God's covenant. You are to live as His child, to live in light of His grace, saved in Him, to live for Him in what you say, in what you think, what you do. The warning of judgment is clear. The call is clear. As you prepare for the coming age, set your hearts upon the Lord and His commands. God says to Noah in verse 18, or Noah responds rather, verse 18, so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. What will it be like? Will Noah give thought to his, his uh, immediate need and start planting and, and start working for himself and, and making a way for himself? What we see Noah doing is worshiping. He comes out to worship. He offers burnt offerings to God, which speak of dedication to God and of the need to have his sins covered. He, has, he is one who has been washed. Listen to what Paul says about that image of baptism in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, he speaks of what baptism points to. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Noah was spared death because he trusted in God and His future deliverer. Paul goes on to the, in Romans 6, For if we have been united with Him, with Christ, in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that, notice, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Noah is spared by God's means. And he builds an altar to the Lord, offering burnt offerings. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. The Lord recognized the wickedness of man, but he was determined not to bring the world to a premature end. John Calvin says this, it seems as though God is contradicting himself here. He had said earlier that he would destroy the world with a flood because of man's great wickedness, chapter 6. Here he promises not to send another flood, though man's sin is very great. He is noting that man cannot help but sin. Even if a flood were sent annually, it would not turn him from his sin. The source from withholding, that's the end of the quote, then my comments, the source of the withholding of deserved judgment is nothing other than God's mercy, God's kindness, and His justice being poured out on His Son, that which we deserved poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ that we might not perish but have everlasting life, that is, we who believe in Him. His delay of judgment has nothing to do with man becoming better. As some would want to teach today, we're moving forward, we're advancing. It seems that has been Put on hold, many see something of a, an abeyance there, suspension. It is not because man is becoming better. It is purely his patience that accounts for this, not wanting any of his to perish. Or to read this and be led to worship a God who is gracious, one who is gracious to give us time to repent that we might not perish, to tell others. This should give us a sense of urgency that we, that we would want to teach others of the Lord Jesus Christ. Judgment will most certainly come. His delay is not to be understood as though he has changed his mind. 
His judgment is coming. Jesus declared it would be sudden. Matthew 24, he says that it will be like in the days of Noah. 24, verses 37 to 39. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. We are to be ready to be prepared. Those seed time and harvest continue at God's promise as we see here in Genesis chapter 8. He will bring judgment upon the earth and all will be consumed. Restored, as it says in 2 Peter chapter 3. And we wait. We wait with reverence and with proper fear, but with a confidence that in the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins have been forgiven. We look forward to His coming. We long for His appearing, Paul says. He has appointed a time of judgment. Today is the day of salvation. Let us then proclaim the message of repentance and faith to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, for in Him we find forgiveness of sins and peace with God. May the Lord find us living in faith in grateful obedience to His commands, knowing that as we live for Him, we have confidence that His Spirit is at work in us, turning us from sin, leading us to everlasting life. For God is faithful. He will keep covenant. He will bring His people to Himself. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we see in Noah going through that flood and the thoughts that must have entered the mind of Noah and his family. How long, O Lord? How long will this be? Will the Lord be faithful? Will He keep promise? And then the mountaintops appeared. Then the valleys. The birds are sent forth and signs are given that You are faithful. Today we've seen that sign and seal of baptism that You will cleanse, that You will purify. By Your Spirit, You will renew us We'll be born again, born from above, that we might know you and love you. Lord, help us to live for you by your Spirit. Lead and guide us. May we go forth with joy as we see your kindness to us and to our children. May we go forth calling others to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, for in him alone is their deliverance from judgment. Hear us, for we ask it in his name. Amen. Number 111B is the song that we sing now in our hymnals. 111B. Oh, give the Lord wholehearted praise. We're going to sing stanzas 1, 2, 3, and 6. 1, 2, 3, and 6 of Oh, give the Lord wholehearted praise. Let's stand to sing.
Let's pray. Your Father in heaven, we thank you for that glorious gospel message, the deliverance of sinners by faith in Jesus Christ, by grace alone. Lord, you are so gracious to extend your promise to us and to our children, to the far reaches of the earth. We thank you for institutions which teach and instruct, sending forth gospelers to the ends of the earth. We pray for Westminster Theological Seminary, California today as we take offering for the seminary. Lord, bless their labors. We pray that you would fill the earth with your gospel message to your honor and your glory as you redeem sinners through Christ by your Spirit. Hear us, we pray, for his sake. Amen. Please stand to receive God's parting blessing. The Lord Jesus declares, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.